Today's podcast is brought to you by Kite Rocket, a global, full-service strategic marketing, branding, and public relations agency serving the semiconductor and microelectronics industries. To learn more about Kite Rocket, visit the website at kiterocket.com. Hi there. I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. In a global industry that relies heavily on collaboration, COVID-19 created a big pause and a pivot in microelectronics technology conferences and trade shows. In this episode, we reach out to industry event organizers to get their take on the past year of what worked, what didn't, and thoughts about the future of industry events as we transition back to in-person meetings. So here joining me today are Rich Rice of ASC Global and IMAPS and Semi's Dave Anderson, president of Semi Americas. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Um, now, before we dive in, can you each tell a little bit about yourselves and the roles that you play? Rich, why don't you start? Thank you, Francois. Uh, my name is Rich Rice. I'm uh, uh, head of marketing in ASC in the U.S. And uh, I would uh, say that uh, I'm two-thirds through my presidential commitment at, uh, at IMAPS. Uh, my... Uh, my president term will uh, finish up here in October, and then I have a past president role, which I'll perform for another two years. Okay. And Dave? Yeah, Dave Anderson, president of Semi Americas, and have responsibility for all the conferences and events and, and products that Semi provides, uh, including Semicon West, which is one of the seven Semicon shows around the world. And, uh, you know, I've been at Semi about four years now, and, uh, you know, we've continued to uh, add and, and change our uh, direction according to member interests. And, you know, this year has been no different. Okay. Um, so, Rich, you, um, two-thirds of the way through your presidency, and so a lot of that was during COVID. How unfortunate. Um, the last time we saw each other was IMAPS device packaging, and that was pretty much the last in-person show I attended before the shutdown. Did did you ever think it would last this long? No, I didn't think so. I thought we'd be uh, uh, all meeting again, you know, at least if not at the end of 2020, perhaps in 2021. And uh, I'm I was surprised that it's just lingered on and. Uh, spiked up at various different times as far as the, uh, the COVID pandemic. So yeah, it's, uh, it has been a, um, a long time. It's been 18 months since we've seen each other in person, Francois. And, uh, it's really been a, uh, a lot of effort to keep the, uh, society, um, I guess delivering the content that's expected by our membership, yet doing it in a completely different way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, Dave, last year you had to go virtual in a really rapid way. Um, you guys were pretty successful, um, but this year you've made that tough decision to move Semicon West, not and, and basically cancel it in July and go make it a hybrid event in December. Um, what's that been like? Well, last year, uh, you know, it was quite a surprise that, you know, we had this shift, uh, make the pivot from a live event to virtual in a very short period of time. And I would say did that quite successfully, did a lot of work. But, 
you know, it, it seemed like an easy decision to shift the event this year at the time, because like Rich, we thought we'd be on the back end of, mm-hmm. uh, of the pandemic uh, by December. But, uh, you know, with the variants popping up and that sort of thing, it, it's become a little more tenuous, but we continue to monitor all the restrictions and requirements and uh, infection rates and you name it uh, as we get closer to the event. But we're co-located this year with a design automation conference, DAC, after a false start where we wanted to be co-located last year. Uh, And we collectively got together and and made the decision that, you know, our attendees and exhibitors are really eager for face-to-face events. And so we thought that, you know, by December, we'd be out of the woods and, you know, we'd be able to do that. And and we're still, uh, you know, driving towards that direction as, as, you know, vaccination rates increase and, uh, you know, things start to ease. So uh, it seemed like an easier decision than now it would be a tougher one. But uh, I think it was the right one to make. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little, well, um, as evidenced by my lack of presence at a lot of virtual events lately, I had a hard time fitting virtual events into the regular workflow. You know, when you go to a, a physical event, you are carving out time from your regular schedule. You can tell the, your coworkers that you're not going to be available. You don't have to be in meetings, um, you know, for different things that are on, you know, for other things other than the meeting and, and everything is so focused on those events, you know, and everybody is, you know, the content is all focused. The conversation is focused in the trade shows. Um, I know a lot of people have been fine with virtual events, but I personally really struggled with fitting those in. And I'm very much looking forward to getting back to in-person. Um, and, and I think, um, I think that the content delivery was great. I think where things got difficult was people finding the time to visit the exhibitors. What what did you find? Um, you know, what feedback have you had from your exhibitors and sponsors about, um, you know, the virtual events and what worked and what didn't? Well, uh, Francois, I'll, I'll start off with that. Um, we've, you know, the uh, virtual exhibitor experience has not been very good. And we got a lot of feedback on that from our exhibitors and, and at IMAPS. And we've tried to do different things to uh, improve that. Um, what we found was effective and brought more value to our exhibitors was not necessarily trying to replicate the uh, live experience in a virtual booth because it just wasn't used. And chats started to happen, but really didn't happen much. So what our exhibitors thought were valuable were um, special slots, whether it be a, a video, whether it be a, uh, just a logo presentation, or whether it be even a, a small company presentation in the context of the overall program where they could, where they could promote their company. And those pro- uh, promotional spots are valuable uh, to, our, mm-hmm. uh, to our exhibitors and uh, I think have worked out better over, over time. It's one of the lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, I would agree with Rich that the promotional spots have been valuable in offering those types of sponsorships. Um, we we actually had uh, mixed reviews on on the exhibitions, uh, virtual ex- exhibits. Uh, we had uh, some companies that uh, say that they had far more qualified leads from the virtual environment than they would get in in the live event. 
And we had just the opposite from some other companies that got nowhere near their expectation. And I, I, some of it was uh, relative to you know how they displayed their information, but more of it was relative if somebody wanted to find a company, they would go find those companies. If they didn't know the company uh, particulars, then the serendipitousness of walking through the show isn't there. And so they don't get the the attendance at the booth that the you know they typically would get on the show floor. So it really was a, a mixed environment. Yeah. If you were going to exhibit, then you really needed to show up and make a presence and promote um, the fact that you were going to be there in advance, and not just rely on. I think we get a little complacent. We rely on the foot traffic, and we didn't have the foot traffic. You know, um, so make having compelling. Um, content in your booth. But even then, it was still a little bit reliant on people having the time. I mean, I know that a lot of people logged in um, and, you know, having the on-demand aspect where, well, I can't I can't fit it into my schedule this week, but I'm going to view the on-demand where you get all of the content that way, but you don't necessarily get the, the face-to-face time and um, on the booth time. And I think that um, I think that everybody's going to really love getting back in person we get that we get a lot of feedback with that too is they, they want to get back to per, in person and being a technical society our events are around uh, technical presentations um, and then the exhibitors usually have uh, members of their company that are giving you know they've submitted a paper and and they're giving that presentation so then people uh, if they can't do the q a in the live session you know they historically have gone back to the booth and found that speaker and had a chat and asked a lot of questions. And that's part of the entire collaboration experience, as I think I'd call it, uh, within a live conference, and uh, especially for a technical conference. So that's one of the things that we're missing. And I think the the exhibitors want to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Because we had a booth at some of these events and some were better than others as far as the engagement goes. Um, and I find that a lot of people in this industry are very um, um, shy, introverted, and not necessarily. If you reach out to them, they're like, "Whoa, I, I just wanted to look. I didn't want. <laughs> I didn't want to come in or talk to anybody." And the virtual space gives you that, right? They can go and look at all of your content and not necessarily engage. But I think some of the, one, like you mentioned, Dave. You know, some of the the feedback is that there were better metrics and leads. Yeah, definitely better metrics in, in the virtual environment. We have uh, data on, on everything, including the competitors visiting each other's booths, which there was quite a bit of as well. So that was an interesting aspect of collecting the data. Do, do you think that going forward, even as we go back to in-person events that we'll be keeping, I mean, we've always had you know, the content has always been available, copy of the proceedings is available, so on and so forth. But the level that we brought that up this year with on-demand recordings, is this something you think you'll keep as we go back to in-person events? Will you, will you follow a hybrid model? We think so uh, from a semi-perspective. You know, we're, we have several uh, face-to-face events coming up in the fourth quarter and, and beyond. And each of those will have some hybrid uh, virtual component to it. So we do think that the, the virtual aspects, we've learned how to use, uh, you know, the virtual connectivity and people have become comfortable with it. And uh, we do think that there will be, a, you know, an ongoing need for the virtual aspects of that. 
and the platforms are changing and evolving. And so, you know, we continue to explore new options for online networking, matchmaking capabilities and things like that, which will improve the experience for the exhibitors as well. Virtual conferences have been around for a while, right? But um, people were hesitant to use them. I remember trying to convince companies to have a virtual um, element, and they were concerned that um, it would dilute the the in-person value, that it would reduce the number of people that actually attended if they had the option to go online and and attend a virtual conference. So if you did a hybrid version, this is before COVID, if you did a hybrid version, there was skepticism as to whether it would take away from the in-person. And and I think that having been through this 18 months of virtual, we all know that um, those who really value the the in-person are going to show up and participate in the in-person. But what do you think um, sustainability will bring to it, like reducing the amount of necessary travel? Do do you think, especially for SEMI, that all of your, there's going to be more localized attendance and is there going to be reduced international attendance at some of the shows? Well, we think at least in the short term that, you know, the events will be a little bit more domestic focused and even the events that we've had been able to have live throughout COVID and there's been very few, but there were a few in Asia. They've been uh, pretty region specific, um, the virtual aspect does give us the reach for global attendees, even to those uh, more domestic events. And so having the hybrid model does improve that. But I think as we go forward, you know, we've still got the geopolitical issues. We've got the easily recognizable reduced costs of, of not traveling uh, that, that certainly weigh into it. But I do think people really need and want the face-to-face that, that uh, in you know, the business opportunities that that presents and the, you know, connectivity and networking across the industry. So I think we'll have the attendance and, and over time, I think the international attendance will grow. Of course, as the world gets vaccinated and we get back to more normal business operations, but certainly uh, the reduced travel, I think is here to stay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even the travel industry says that business travel won't be back until 2025 or beyond to where it was pre COVID. And so, you know, we're, we're continuing to look at those types of statistics and evaluating how we implement a hybrid model. Okay. And now, Rich, IMAPS um, has IMAPS International Symposium happens the end of September? No, mid-October. Mid-October. Yeah. So that's pretty much one of the first in-person events. Or that's the, Is that still planned on being an in-person event? Yes, it is. Uh, we were the last event, I think, before things shut down, and hopefully we're the first one as it, it opens up. Obviously, like Dave said, we're monitoring all the things we can as far as the uh, uh, ability to hold an event, a live event, with uh, in a safe and uh, uh, com- compliant way, obviously, with all the regulations that are out there. So, um, you know, we have to uh, do a little more work to spin on a dime in case we do. But uh, there is overwhelming sentiment right now from our exhibitors that, uh, and we've got, had a very good exhibitor response, frankly, better than we expected uh, with, uh, with this event so far. So uh, we're hopeful that we can have at least a small celebration to uh, get everyone back together again. 
Yeah, that would be great. And this is going to be at the Town and Country in San Diego, right? That's correct. Um, do you have are there, do there are there any special compliance issues with like will people have to be vaccinated or show proof of vaccination or proof of negative tests? Yeah, what we're we're uh, going to comply with any requirement that the local government and uh, the city uh, puts on it, but thus far they haven't. Okay. And so we still have travel restrictions of coming into the United States, right? Um, I mean, we can go pretty much anywhere and come back as long as we have a negative test or, um, well, I think a negative test coming back in from Europe, even if you're vaccinated, I believe we have to come back in um, with a negative test. But are you anticipating also more of a, um, a domestic um, audience versus international travelers because of that? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's just natural that these things are going to be somewhat more regional just because of government restrictions, because of corporate travel policies and what they allow their employees to do and whatnot. So, um, yeah, um, and th and that's what we have to, we're planning for that. I think uh, we're going to have to do some unique things like a hybrid event where maybe we have a research firm from Europe that is hold, hosting a special session, but all of a sudden they, they have difficulty traveling. We'll figure out a way to accommodate that and we'll have a, a hybrid and semi-virtual or all virtual session. So it's, uh, it's not easy for the, all the volunteers that are involved with putting the event together as well as uh, the staff of IMAPS, but uh, puts a lot of stress on them and just, huge thanks to everyone who is still willing to work on this stuff to in my view and that's why i just do this job as a volunteer to volunteer their time to uh, provide that collaboration experience it's really important for our industry i think to to learn more move faster be more efficient going forward semi has its first physical event actually an, an advanced packaging um seminar in Berg, Germany on the 28th and 29th of September. It's limited to 120 people. I spoke yesterday with um, Stefan Kronert about that. Yeah, we actually have our strategic materials conference those same dates, September 27th, 28th, 9th. And uh, it is an in-person event in San Jose. And so but we also it's a hybrid event and we're having some virtual content to it for those that can't travel. And, uh, you know, we're complying with all the local restrictions on, you know, uh, having to either be vaccinated or show negative tests and wearing masks and that sort of things at that event. Yeah. One of the other things with the virtual events is that they still tend to be in time zones of the origin of the event. They do. And that made it a little bit challenging to attend live stuff. We're definitely seeing a trend where. Uh, though registrations and attendance to these events are kind of along, even sometimes above uh, historical norms, the actual attendance in the live portion of it is oftentimes lower. And then so a lot of people are, are uh, bringing it up online later on to review it later. So it's an interesting trend that we're seeing. I think that aligns with trying to fit it into your regular work schedule instead of you know, instead of being something that you look forward to, it becomes this intrusion that you have to deal with, unfortunately, because you want to be there, but it's 
you're trying to do everything. You're trying to do your regular daily work and your regular daily meeting. And then, oh, wait, the conference is happening this week. And um, yeah, I, I that's personal. I personally am not a fan of the virtual <laughs> platforms. I can't wait to be back in touch with people and having a face-to-face. So what recommendations do you have for conference participants as we head into this new season? From our perspective, I think the primary thing is to stay open-minded. Um, we're constantly monitoring and evaluating you know, developments regarding COVID restrictions. We're implementing best practices for safety of all our attendees, exhibitors, and staff. But these are changing rapidly, and we have to remain agile and flexible because uh, things could change at, at any moment. But, uh, you know, we encourage exhibitors and sponsors to, you know, really embrace the hybrid and virtual components of the event because they're evolving as well. And I think to some degree they're here to stay, but we certainly are looking forward to getting back face to face. Rich, aside from, um, and I'd like you to answer that question too, but aside from IMAPS International and device packaging, is there anything happening in between? Uh, there will be a medical event in uh, in February down in San Diego. Uh, so that's one of them. And then after that, it's really in the summer where um, we're hopeful to reinstitute the uh, SIP event we just that was just held virtually last week. And so it's, uh, um, I think there's, and let's see, there's also a, uh, a power event that was this year it was held virtually with high tech and CICMT, which are kind of uh, a power and uh, ceramic substrate type of uh, technology conference. Uh, that's currently uh, scheduled for late April. But no, there's nothing really planned between symposium and uh, device packaging in, uh, in uh, March. But uh, on the other question, I just want to echo what Dave said. He's, he said it very succinctly. So, um, Dave, you've got now semi on the other hand has, we get semicon Europa in November. We get semicon West early December. We've got semicon Taiwan and semicon Japan also in December, December. That's correct. We have, uh, from a live perspective, we have uh, Semicon Europe in November. We have West uh, the 7th through 9th. The following week, we have Semicon Japan. And as you just mentioned, Semicon Taiwan has just set their date for the last week in December. And then, uh, you know, following that, you know, we go, we get back into our normal schedule with Korea coming up and, and beyond. Um, but in, in the midst of all that, we have major conferences as well. And so as, uh, Rich said, you know, they've got numerous events. We've got a strategic materials conference in late September. We've got uh, a MEMS and Sensors Executive Congress in middle of October. We've got our international trade partners uh, first week in November. And then Industry Strategy Symposium, ISS, in early January. And all of those are being planned as live events. Now, most of them will, will have uh, the complexity of uh, the added hybrid virtual component, but uh, we are planning for them to be live events at this point in time. So um, if you have exhibitors, you, you know, that are having, or that are planning to participate, especially in the big four that we talked about, um, 
the Europa, West, Japan, and Taiwan, what should they expect if they are exhibiting live at these shows? And what's the best way for them to navigate participation? Well, you know, some of the multinational exhibitors have, that use the same booths and multiple events have, are selecting, you know, their their region uh, of preference for being there. But primarily, you know, we we are doing the exhibitors are very anxious to get back together face to face. You know, I think there's a lot of energy around all of the shows uh, that are being planned. And so, you know, I think that, that it, there's an excitement that it'll, you know, be uh, a celebration, as Rich said, almost uh, in a, when we do get back together. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to advise them to pace themselves. And if you need any help with booth design, graphics, content, contact Kite Rocket. Well, I think that I think we about covered it, guys. Um, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. And hope to see you soon. Really see you soon. Absolutely, Francois. My sentiment exactly. Yeah, thank you, Francois. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And absolutely hope to see you all very soon. There's lots more to come. So tune in next time on the 3D Insights Podcast. Podcast.